Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Somebody shout out, the greatest is love. The greatest is love. How many are ready to receive this morning? How many, I want us to treat these next 20, 25 minutes like Christmas morning, gathered under the tree, ready. Man, that was, that was powerful. I really could have just went straight from there and went straight into the message. Uh, so, so the best way that I know to describe showing that you're ready and you're wanting to leave with something, remember what I said? Remember what the Holy Spirit said? That if you leave empty-handed, it ain't nobody's fault but yours. And so the only way I know is to grab a piece of paper and a pen or grab your phone, your iPad, grab something to take notes. Because if you leave here empty-handed and you have nothing in your arsenal next week when the enemy comes, because I'm telling you, because you chose to put God first today, watch out. The enemy is coming and you have put a bullseye on your back and he's coming for you this week. And you need something. You need to take something with you that goes, back up, devil. It ain't going to happen today. (laughs) Well, we are in week three of a teaching series called Let's Go Change the World. Welcome to Release City. Welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're here today. Those, I always like to welcome in those that are listening online, Facebook Live, and those that are listening on podcasts. We are so excited that you are a part of, excuse me, our online community. Everybody say, let's go. go. Change Change. the world. Now, anybody enjoying this series? This series has been, this is probably one of my, one of my favorite series um, to to teach and which it is a teaching series more than a preach um, series. But I just believe that the word of God is true. You and I have a mission and that is to impact and change our world. When we kicked off this series a couple weeks ago, I told you that there is a biblical order to this idea of you and I going and changing the world. In week one, we said that change first starts with us. Change first starts, well, what is me? Well, me, what really keeps me here is what's happening right here. So, so and, the, and the Bible says that we're to protect and guard our heart because whatever your heart beats for, that is the direction that your life will track, right? My wife, I mean, my, my, my life and my passion, yes, is Jesus, but after Jesus it is my wife. And so I know some of y'all were like, well, we're kind of interested in knowing what you said you would call her because it wasn't church related. Some of y'all got offended because I called her babe in the church. I mean, I I don't know. Do you want me to come up here and be fake? Because I'm at the house. I'm not saying, hey, sister Amy, can I have a glass of tea, please? Hey, babe, can I have some tea, please? Right? So I'm just going to be I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep it real. That's why I put a hat on. I did that because I want to see how many people would get tripped up with the fact that a pastor put a hat on backwards in the house. Because I just believe that we shouldn't look anything like what religion says you should look like in order to preach the word of God. Because where we're going in this message today, I actually, I didn't put the hat on to trip people up. 
The Holy Spirit said, grab the hat, don't wear it for worship. Bring it when you open up the word. See, because I got to be just like I am all the other days of the week. And if you see me in town at Walmart, I got, I got the hat on, right? I'm covering up the chrome dome. <laughs> but where we're going in this message is that God chooses to use those that the religious world would discredit and say, you've gone too far, you've done too much, you've been divorced too many times, you smoked too much of this, you popped too many of these, and you drank too much of that. You are no good for the kingdom. You, you, you might get in, but you can't share. And I'm here today to tell you that's false. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Hell, hell, hell. I just went southern. Hell. <laughs> okay, let me move off that. <clears throat> so in first, first week one, we talked about God changing us. Last week, we, we looked at the next stage, which is impacting our circle. That is the people in your immediate Circle, and let me just tell you, it is. I know social media tells you you need to. It, it, it matters how many likes and how many people are following you. But I'm telling you, oh, they can follow, but that don't mean they're gonna get in the circle in my in my immediate circle. You need to keep you need you need to keep your circle tight. And today we're going to be looking at and talking about, so once we, we, get, we begin allowing God to change us, and then we allow, once we're changed for, for what's happened to us, to now influence and impact our circle, then today we're going to be discussing influencing our arena. When I use the term arena, I'm talking about the place that you and I go to when we leave home. That's your arena, where you work, where you go to school where you go to the gym, where, where you go and get, that is your arena. And we all have different arenas. Everybody say biblical order. So in Acts 1, 8, Jesus describes this order for changing the world. I've read this both weeks, and I'm going to read it again today. What's the order? What, how do we even know there is an order? Well, Acts 1, 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be, you, you, you will be my witnesses. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. That's me and you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and then it goes on, and in Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Everybody say, change the world. If you're watching on Facebook Live, put that in the chat. Change the world. Change the world. Change the world. What's my purpose? Yes, I'm to go to a job, punch a time clock, sit at a desk, stock a shelf. But while I'm there, my mission, yes, I, I'm gonna, uh, it's, to, it's to create income for my family, but it's also the mission for me to change and impact the arena that God has put me in. Where you are is where God has you. I said that a couple weeks ago. Where you are, that place, he, ha he has you there, but he also has you there. We're called to change the world. Now, a lot of times when pastor, pastors uh, talk about this subject, changing the world, something on the inside of us says, <clears throat> really, pastor? Change the world. Me. Like, I, with, with all my issues... I, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm, I'm a hot mess on most days. You, get, you see me getting stuck in traffic? Y'all know where I'm going. 
that road rage we've been talking about? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hot mess most, day, most days. And if I believe, if you're completely honest, you would also say, uh, yeah, I'm a hot mess right there with you, Pastor B. Anybody want to be real and honest? Let me just see so I know I'm not up here by myself. Okay. Those of you all who didn't have your hands raised, the rest of us, we're watching you this week. We are called to change the world. I mean, it sounds amazing to talk about. When we hear it in church, I mean, we want to clap and we want to get excited about it. But when we really think about it, it's easy for us to look at ourselves and all that God really has to work with and be like, with all my doubts, with all my issues, I'm going to change the world. I can't even be the perfect husband. Guess what? There ain't one. That should just make every man in here who's married feel so much better. There's not a perfect husband. Sorry, ladies. I know. I know. <laughs> You're like, never mind. Mm-mm. Not doing that either. Listen, with all my sins, with all my past, with all my problems, can I really change the world? Here's the answer. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Absolutely. You can change the world. The world. We're here today because 12 dudes hooked up with Jesus and, 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 and they, they, they lived together, they ate together, they did life and ministry together and because of their decision to follow Jesus, you and I are here today. 12 people on the other side of the world, 12 people made a decision to connect with Christ and our lives have been forever changed. And so has the lives of the entire world. Everybody shout out, yes I can. Come on, say it by faith. Yes, I can. can. See, because some of y'all, even when I started saying we're going to change the world, some of y'all like, well, that sounds good for you and those other people who raised their hand, but but what about me? No, you too, even though though you said you don't have issues and you're not a hot mess, we know. Because you got flesh and you got blood running through your veins. Flesh is nasty. Flesh is disgusting and it's dirty. And if you follow your flesh, it will lead you down a path of destruction. Listen, it's more than just saying I can change the world. We've got to gain an understanding that we're, that we're not just commanded in Scripture to do this, but we have been called, chosen. God chose you. You are sitting here today chosen to impact your arena. The whole, the whole idea of today is I want you to see your arena differently. I want you to gain a new perspective of where you go, where you shop, who you go to dinner with, who you work with, who you do projects with, who's living in your neighborhood. I want you to see your arena. That's your arena. And after today, I want a fire to be lit inside of you that says, I am called to impact this street. And if you don't have nobody living on your street, congratulations, you got a lot of acreage. Go to somebody else's street. If y'all need somebody to go to, I'll let you know where Adam Hires lives. We can all show up at their house. See how that flowed? Y'all put me on the spot. It's coming right back for you. (laughs) I love y'all. I'm just messing. (laughs) Make a mental note not to let Adam come up and do the closing prayer because then he will have the last word. See, I'm smart. I know. I know. Because that's what he probably thought. I'm coming up after him. (laughs) Listen, the last thing that Jesus said, God in the flesh, the last thing that Jesus said before he left planet Earth, we find it in Matthew 28, 19. Let's go there, shall we? Matthew 28, 19. He said this, therefore, go. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I've changed you. This is what Jesus said. I've changed you. Now I want you to take and turn around and go help somebody else experience the exact same thing that you've experienced. That's why I said, we, I could have just came up here and said, we're called to change the world. And we just stay a hot mess. It's going to be hard for me to impact somebody else's life when I, I myself have not experienced impact. But once he touched and changed my life and I begin to allow him to use me in my circle, in my family, my, my immediate family, extended family, then I can say, God, help me to go impact and change my arena. And he, what he's saying is I want you to take those same experiences and I want you to go share them with somebody else so they can have that same experience. You're thinking, but, but how are we going to change the entire planet? Everybody say, say big planet, big earth. How, how are we going to do it? He tells us in Matthew 28, 20. You ready? Here it is. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Here it is. And be sure. Everybody say, be sure. And be sure of this. I am with you always always i am with you always even to the end of the age you and i are called to take our story and go and change the world with it that's why we spent that first day that first sunday talking about god changed me let cha how many have been using your mirror honestly the little mirror it says change starts with me pull it up every day change starts with me you got to be reminded. This is not just a one-hit one wonder message where you go, okay, I got no every day. Show up in front of the mirror and say, it change starts with me. Help me to, to, in, to impact my circle today, God, and help me to influence my arena. Because change starts with me. Now, remember, when I said arena, we're talking about where you go and where you do life with when, or life at when you leave home. That's your office, that's your school, that's your neighborhood, your gym, wherever it is. Every one of us lives, breathes, and interacts in a different arena. So what we want to talk about today for just the next few moments is how do we go impact or influence our arenas? If you brought your Bible, let's, I want you to turn to, with me to the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 4 is where we're going to go, okay? Now, this is a story. I'm not going to read for time's sake. I'm not going to read the whole story, but I encourage you uh, in your private, personal time of devotion, go back and read this story. It is amazing, but I want to give you, I just want to, I just want to kind of just set, set this up. This is a story of the Samaritan woman at the well, you may be familiar with this, who meets Jesus. But I want to I set the story up, and then we'll jump right in uh, to the latter part of her interaction, but first, let me, let, me, let me set it up. So Jesus is having a conversation with a woman at a well. She's in Samaria. The conversation is very interesting. What I really want us to focus on is what happens after their conversation. How many knows anytime you have a conversation with God or Jesus, there should be a change? It's very unlikely that I'm coming to him with, we're never going to be perfect. So every time I come to Jesus, that's why, come on, come on, Jesus, help me with this, preach this thing. Help me, Holy Spirit. Anytime you come in here, you should leave changed. Because anytime anybody back then, 2,000 years ago, when they had a, a connection with Jesus, something changed. 
You could have been dead and risen back to life. You could have been blind. Man, people were ripping off your, your neighbor's roof to drop people who needed something, needed change. Dropped them in the living room where Jesus was teaching. Just There was a change. So every time we come in here, there's got to be a change. So I want us to focus on what happens. Now, spoiler alert, this girl that we're talking about, she's going to change the world. This this girl, we're getting ready to read about. She's going to change her arena. And because of what she's experienced with God, with Jesus in the flesh, it's what she does with it that's going to change her entire city. It's going to be family after family, and they're going to end up finding freedom and grace. The same freedom and grace that Jesus gave her, she's going to share her story that people already know about. They already know about her. Y'all got, y'all got a past? Do you know that people know your past? You know that past could have happened 20 years ago, and still people start, try to hold that past over your head? Yeah. Let, me, let me just tell you something. That's not a godly friend. That's not somebody who's got their best interest for you. They, they know that there's something they're still dealing with, and they, and they hate to see you win. That's why I said you got to keep your circle small, because not everybody in your circle, or not, perhaps not everybody that is in your circle right now has your best interest at heart. But she changed family after family. I want us to look at her story, because I think that if we're honest, all of us could say, even, even the pastor could say, I have more in common with this young girl than what I'm letting on. Now, listen, she's no spiritual giant. She, she didn't leave her, she didn't leave, she didn't leave her having her conversation with Jesus and then go to seminary for a few years before she went to, to, to change her family. She was no, she, 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 she was just, she, she was real bad off. She had a sketchy past, just like your pastor, just like you, sketchy, real sketchy. Through this story, we learn that she's had five divorces and the guy that she's currently living with is not her husband. Which is an indicator to me that she has went through a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, probably went through a lot of deep depression. Sound familiar? Now she lives in this community that is super religious. They believe, now, now see if this sounds like some, some, some of the arenas that we have either found ourselves in or we know about today. Not much has changed. She lives in a community that is super religious, and they believe that in order to get close to God, their closeness, their closeness to God hinges on the, the amount of sin in their life. Well, you can't be that close to God because you got too much sin. You've been divorced five times, lady, and the dude you're actually living with that you're not married to... That, God can't use you. Remember what I said? God, God will use the people that don't look like. He used this lady who everybody. Why? 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 Why did she? Why did she? It says in the story that you're going to read this week. It says she went to the well at, at noon. That's the hottest part of the day. When do they normally go? Either in the cool of the day, the morning, or later in the afternoon. Why did she go at noon? Because she didn't want to run into anybody. Because she was of the religious persuasion that they believe that if they came into contact with somebody who's unclean, then they're, now they're unclean. And if I'm unclean, then, then, then I can't go worship God. Not much has changed today, folks. Because, because religion will tell you, stay out of the church until you look the part. That's why I put the hat on, because I don't look the part. I want people to look at me and go, if he can do it, if he can be used, then God can use me. And I'm telling you, God wants to use you. 
She's basically living as an outcast in her own town. Can you imagine living as an outcast? It's one thing to live as, as an outcast in Atlanta, Georgia, or L.A. Because you can go down the street and maybe nobody knows you. But can you imagine living as an outcast in Chiefland? Where everybody knows you? Judging you, see you, talk about you. She has a surprise encounter with Jesus. Jesus starts talking to her about living water and eternal life. And she's a little bit confused. First of all, he's not even supposed to be having a conversation with her because of her past. Based on what religion says. May we never, ever be a ministry. That's condemnation, church. And conviction, the Holy Spirit don't need my help doing that. That's the Holy Spirit's job. My, my role is not to come up here and make you feel bad so you'll come to an altar and, and kneel before the cross. Oh, you, you, we need to be at the cross. But can I tell you something about the ground at the cross? It's all level. See, people back then, they wanted, yeah, but I, I get to stand here. Where's my seat? Oh, even the disciples, I'm dipping back into a couple weeks ago, even the disciples had a conversation. Hey, Jesus, we've been hanging out with you. Which one of us is better? May we never be a church like that. I may be, I may be leading, but I'm also serving. I'll serve in ways you may never see behind the scenes. But you know who does watch? Him. And God wants to know what you do with what you're getting today. He wants to know what you're going to do with it. The purpose of it is so that you'll go impact and influence and change your arena. So everything begins to change for this girl in this one experience. It's what she does next. It's what she does with what happens to her. What was it? What did she do? What did she say? What can we learn from this story? Because we can do the exact same thing. John 4, 28. We're just going to read the, just hit, the, hit the tail end of this right here. I said all that to set up that we have more in common with her. All right, here we go. 428. The woman left her water jar beside the well. Stop! This hit me when I reread this. She went there because she needed something. But what she got was more important than what she thought she needed. She was there to get water. Her, a water supply. She left it. How many of us are, are willing to leave what we think we got to have to survive? Because what God gave us and what Jesus gave us when we, when we were in here was actually more important. <laughs> I'm trying, Jesus. I'm trying. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. What she did was this. She steps into her fears. Her fear was what? Criticism. What's the first thing that we've got to do if we're going to change the world? Here it is, point number one. Step into your fear or step into our fear. Hers was criticism. What keeps you and I from telling people what's happened between us and Jesus? What do you think it is? Criticism. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? 
I was walking out of Winn-Dixie the other day, and I heard, I heard I, I, as I was walking by, I saw, but I didn't know, but I heard something about in Jesus' name. And I stopped, and I looked, and it was a couple, and they were praying for this, this girl right outside the streets. Now, how many of us would actually do that? Why would we not? Because we're afraid of what, what the criticism may come, right? Now, listen, I'm a pastor, yes, and I am very bold here. But I can't say that I'm, I, I, I carry the same boldness everywhere I go. Why? Because I'm afraid of what somebody may think. I don't like getting on an airplane, especially if Amy's not flying with me. I don't like getting on an airplane, not because I'm scared. Of, that's her. I'm not scared. That was a joke. Sorry. You missed it. Anyway, don't laugh now. It's too late. Because if I'm sitting next to somebody and there's always that conversation, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? It's always, it's almost like everything's good and we're, we're juking and jiving until I say I'm a pastor. And then they recall all the cuss words they said about the steward is not bringing, doing the blah, 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 right? And then everything shuts down. They go to the bathroom and I don't see them for the rest of the flight. I'm talking about a five-hour flight. Bro, you got some issues. So, so, so why? It's, because, it's criticism. And if you're honest, you, you're, it's the same way. We, we'll give out free Release City uh, uh, thanks, stickers for your car. But some of y'all battle with road rage so bad, you ain't going to buy the sticker sticker on your car. <laughs> I'm going to need you not to, okay? <laughs> my, my email just be blowing up. Pastor, I just need to tell you about your people. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about the, their pastor. <laughs> Anybody ever felt like that? That you just, you just worried about what people think? Of course. Don't make eye contact with a pastor. He, he, he'll invite you to church. Y'all remember, those of y'all remember dad, you, you never told a testimony to dad. Because the very next Sunday, you'd be sharing it with the rest of the church. You could be the most quietest person in there, and in the room, and, 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 and you tell Pastor Dennis something that God did in your life. You'd be up here the next week. How many of y'all ever was the next, the, the, you were the victim? Yep. Why did he do it? Because this is an arena. This just so happens to be my arena. Your arena is out there. Yes, I have an extensions of arena, but that's your... Why did he have... Because he wanted you to impact this arena. Because your, it's your story, not how well you got it together, because you never will. What if they think I'm stupid? What if they think I'm... What if they tell somebody else that I was trying to share faith and, and I got up all in their business? This girl steps into the same fears. I want to read you a quote. You may have heard this quote before from uh, uh, President Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt. And I want you to think to yourself and your, and your own arena and the hesitation that we sometimes experience by not sharing what God has done in our life. Here's what he said. The first one, I could just mic drop it right here. Is what he said. It's not the critic that counts. The critic does not count. Their opinion does not matter. I'm, I'm preaching. Let me just tell you what he said. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong, uh, how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could, could have done it better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. This was our president, by the way, 
whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause. That's what we do. We're spending our our time in a worthy cause, who at the, the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. After reading this quote this weekend, and I didn't do a good job of reading that because I was getting lost in it myself, I'm making it a point now to remind myself every day. Critics do not matter. Critics do not matter. Now, I'm not saying that you, should, you shouldn't receive constructive criticism. There are, but those, that should come from your, your circle. Not people outside your circle. And not necessarily somebody within the body of Christ. I just got to be honest. Because just because we all have the title follower of Christ and that that doesn't mean because if that was the case we would really wouldn't care what sign we put outside of our building that says I'm from this church and that church I'm just I'm just I'm just keeping it real so just because listen to me church just because they're a follower doesn't give them permission to critique you I'm trying to help you out Because the enemy will cause you to have all kinds of doubt, frustration, anxiety that God never intended for you to have. But because we opened ourselves up just because they call themselves a believer. So the critic doesn't, doesn't, does not, listen, the critics don't get to talk me out of my calling. That's that's really what I wanted to say. Because they didn't call me. And I'm not, I'm not accountable to them if I don't do it the way they think I need to do it. He made all of us different. Paul says it like this, Galatians 1.10. My grace, everybody say grace. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. If you feel weak, that's exactly the person. Because if you're powerful, even though... <coughs> If you're powerful, we tend to think, I don't need God. If I've got all my stuff together, where's no need? when do we run to God? When, all, when, when we're weak. That's the, that's the moment. God, it's not that I want to walk around feeling defeated all the time, but, but I want to just come always humble, humbly, saying, God, change me today. Let it start with me today. What Paul was saying was, I can't even walk in my calling if I focus on my critics. Let me give you this exercise. Are y'all, are y'all good? Let me give you this exercise. Take a sheet of paper and this week. And matter of fact, before the end of the day, take a sheet of paper and write down the names of the people in your life whose opinion matters. My list would be very small. Okay? R- write a list of the people whose opinion really matters. And then... And then, if anybody else has an opinion and they're not on that list, do not matter. I'm not saying be rude about it. I'm just saying don't let it go in here. Because once it gets in here, it goes to here. And what happens here directs your life. 
Why? Because critics don't count. Here's what you need to remember. Critics don't count. Write these down. These are not going to be on the screen. Critics don't count. Heaven is forever. This is too important. God's going with me. So yes, I can. Critics don't count. Heaven is forever. This is too important. God's going with me. So yes, I can. Listen, what you and I carry affects people's eternity. And let me tell you something. Heaven's real and eternity is too long to be wrong. What, what if heaven, what if it's not real? What if it is? Well, I just don't believe in heaven. Well, what if it is? So this girl steps into her fears and speaks up. What did she say? How do we even start the conversation? This is, this is, I'm, 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 I'm going to tie this all up for you. How do we even start the, 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 the conversation in our arenas? Let me go back to John chapter 4. John 4, 39 through 41. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the, because the woman had said, He told me everything I did. They believed. Why? Because of what she said. Because he told her everything she'd ever done. Verse 40, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. How many of us would actually have such an encounter with Jesus that we want him involved in every area of our lives? Every area. Welcome, Jesus. They begged him to stay. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Why? Because she was in the right place at the right time. And everybody else, all the religious people, they were, well, you just don't even need to be talking to Jesus. You're not qualified to talk to Jesus. I, I, I can't stand religious. And, well, that's rude. Well, Jesus didn't either. And I patterned my life after him. I, I think a lot of people in the church wouldn't like Jesus if he actually came and showed up in some of their services. <laughs> He's always welcome here. It's, it's his church. So what was it? It was her testimony. This girl makes it so practical. It was her testimony. It was her testimony that made the change. Here's the next thing. What, what's the second thing that she did that we're going to have to do if we're going to change the world? Here it is. We must share our story. Share, share your story. Your story is powerful. You went through what you went. Listen, listen. We, 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 we um, uh, officiated Michelle and uh, Jose and Michelle's wedding last night over in Gainesville. Some of y'all know, know them. They're actually, I think, in New York. They were watching online earlier, I know. Dude. Y'all know, she lost Isaac to a tragic car accident a few years back. Her world was upside down. And we drove, Amy and I drove away last night, and I said, she is, she's in such a much better place. But it's her story. It's her story that she is one day going to be able to stand on a platform and share her story. That's why I tell stories about my life because I can't tell you about somebody else, but I can tell you what God has done for me. I can tell you where God has brought me out of. I can tell you that I was, that I was, that I was on staff at a very large church, released a worship CD, had everything on the outside look like I was going great, had a new baby, Ansley Grace. 
And the enemy said, your life does not matter. And I believe the lie. Tried to take my life. Why? It's my story that I can look at somebody else and say, don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. The power of those pills, the power of those pills should have taken my life. I took more muscle relaxers that should have killed a, a, a guy the size of Greg Michael. Your heart is a muscle. It was intended to relax my muscle. And Jesus said, no. I am sure there is, there, I wouldn't plan on even saying that. Some of y'all heard me say that before. But I know there are kids and students, maybe at our campus, and some even in this room today, and adults, who have heard that voice that says, your life does not matter. They will not miss you when you're gone. And then I heard my brothers stand up here and say, when you're not even here, we miss you when you're gone. Because there is something that you carry. We are the body. We must share our story. Revelation 12, 11 says this. They triumphed over him. Who? That's the devil. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. testimony, Their story. What am I saying? There is power in your story. There is power in your testimony. We've got to get to a place where we care more about people than the pain of their criticism. We got to become a church that is more passionate about the pain that they are feeling than the pain we might experience because somebody else is talking about us standing in the gap. We talked about this today in our prayer time today. At this church, we say, if you fall in the ditch, you make a bad choice, something, we're not going to be like, well, come, we're not going to stay up on top of the mountain and say, well, come on up, just, just pray on through. Just come on. Here, I'll just lift my hand. No, baby, we jump in the ditch with you. We're going to get the caca on us, smell like something. You know, you've been smoking weed. We might smell like it too. You've been drinking. I'm going to hug on you. I might get alcohol on me. Some churches say you got to clean all that up. Then you can come. Not here. This is a hospital for the sick. That's why I said I'm a hot mess most days. I ain't never seen a a single person walk into a hospital, check themselves in, and say, I'm good. No, you're there because you're sick. And you showed up at church because there is an area in your life that is defective. I receive that. Write this down. We must invite people to come and hear this message of hope. Somebody say, I can't share. That's fine. But you, but you got a story. You know, you know how God repaired your marriage. And you know how Bobby Joe and Jenny Sue and whoever. I'm trying to name people that may not be in the church. I don't want nobody to get offended. Be like, wait, is there something wrong with our marriage, baby? But if God restored your marriage, the reason you're standing today, the reason God restored our marriage. Hello, your pastor's marriage. It's because I can stand on a platform in my arena and say, don't give up. Yeah. Delete the I quit option. Yes. Oh, I quit is easy. But you a wuss. Come on. Oh, I'm just going to keep it real. There were some other words that came in my, in my mind, but mm-mm. You stay. You stay the course. You stay the course. You dig in. I won't give up on you. 
Break that outside of marriage. Because some of y'all, like, you talk about marriage a lot, okay? You look at that person that's in your arena that is struggling and fighting. I'm not going to give up on you. And at this church, it don't matter what your sin looks like. We all got it. We're not going to give up on you. The people in her town were willing to give God a chance because of her testimony. The entire city, family after family after family, their eternities were changed through a girl who was scared to death of their criticism and their rejection. But she just decided to step into her fears, to share her story, invite them to hear for themselves what God has done in her life. And the same thing can happen in our city in closing. The same thing can happen in our community. What's it going to take? It's going to take getting people in his presence. This was the same group of people that looked at her and called her names and called her unclean and shamed her. But because they got, because she shared her story... And said, he said he's the Messiah. And he knows all he knows all about him. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. See, it's been too long. He knows about all the five. And he knows about the one that I just crawled out of bed with, and I'm not even married to him. And he still loves me. He must be the Messiah. And because she shared her story, they came, got in the presence of God, of Jesus. And their story's changed. So what am I saying? Share your story. Get them in the presence. And watch God change them and change our city. It all started with 12. There's over 100 people in here today. Imagine, imagine what could happen in our city and in our community. My prayer this week as I was preparing for this message is that we would all begin to deal with our insecurities. Insecurities is a prison. That we would begin to understand that God needs us to walk in what he's called us to do and that is impact our arenas. And that's, he's called us to love on and to reach lost, hurting, and broken people release city if we're going to start changing the world we've got to start walking in what we've been called to do he's saying I've got an opportunity for you to make someone else's eternity different jump in the ditch and as Thomas said this morning give them a give them a bump from behind Well, that means I got to get beneath them. (laughs) John 4.35 says, I tell you, this is what Jesus told his disciples before he left. He said, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. Y'all, we in Levy County. Ain't no greater picture than for me to say the fields. 
He said, I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields. Why? Because they are ripe for harvest. Now, that doesn't mean they were walking around with their eyes shut. He was simply saying, guys, if you'll change your focus, you can live this way too. What's the message about today? Change your focus. Change your perspective. Walk into your arena tomorrow with a changed perspective of that campus. Change perspective of that doctor's office. Start seeing that where you are is where God has you. And that the people in your arena need what you carry. You may not realize it or recognize it, but after what you just heard today, you are a carrier of something extremely powerful. Oh, I'm not saying my, my message was powerful. I'm saying the truth that was given to you straight from God's word, if it has the power to change a life, that's pretty powerful. So my question is, what are you going to do with it? Adam, will you come? What are you going to do with it? Only you can answer that. I'm not even going to try to fill in the blank for you. What are you going to do with this message? I've been called to impact my circle. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.